Scripture lesson this morning is going to come out of Psalm 16. I'm going to read to you out of the English Standard Version, which is very close to what the Pew Bible in the NIV would say. Uh, We at First Evangelical Presbyterian Church believe that this book is a true Word of God. It speaks to us as did those, as, as as it's spoken to Christians for years and centuries. It is uniquely uh, inspired by God, by His Holy Spirit. It's the only infallible way of faith and practice. So it's important that we need to know what it says. So here's God's Word out of Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom all is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your truth and your word. O God, let your Holy Spirit change us transform us, mature us just a little bit more into the people of God that you've called us to be, that we want to be, and the church of God that you want us to be. We lift our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I like about Thanksgiving the most? I like the turkey and all that stuff too. So far, Thanksgiving is probably the least commercialized of all the national holidays. It just seems to dodge a bullet every time. You know, the stores go crazy with Halloween, and almost before Halloween even comes, they're talking about the the fall. We celebrate fall a lot, but they're talking about Christmas. You can go to to Lowe's, and, and the Christmas trees are up. They've been up for almost a month. And that's the way it's, it's been because Thanksgiving doesn't seem to have that hot point, that, that sales point that grabs the, the retailers like Valentine's Day and Easter even and certainly Christmas. So we don't suffer too much of Thanksgiving overkill. <laughs> what a blessing that is. We're not overwhelmed into buying Thanksgiving candy and, and Thanksgiving cards, although there's some of that's around. We're passing out Thanksgiving gifts. 
No real spot for the advertisers to get a hold of. Thankfully, that allows us to spend a day with family and friends. What a novel idea for a holiday. But, even though this one one tiny little island of a day isn't specifically a religious day and it isn't specifically a a hot button for, for all the retailers, it's still under assault by none other than Black Friday, appropriately named. That day has been creeping into our Thanksgiving ever since it started. And now, if you've paid any attention, we've been having Black Friday sales for the last month, right? When's it going to end? Offline sales office is wide open, you know? So it's still somewhat clear the table, get the turkey in the fridge, and we got shopping to do, right? I don't know what we're going to do. Do we ever have enough? Do we ever have enough? I, I wonder often how this looks to folks in other cultures in other countries. I wonder how this sometimes looks and sounds to God. Thanksgiving at its core is not a time to look for more. Thanksgiving is a time to acknowledge the blessing, the blessing that we already have. It's a time to say thank you, God. It's a time to recognize where our our gifts come from, where, where our blessings come from, to acknowledge what God has actually done in our life so, so many ways. Like telling the kids, we take them for granted. In, in these few verses of Psalm 16, we have David exemplifying, if you would, how we can keep our focus and keep our heart thankful to God. He's praising God. He's thanking God. He does it in many of the Psalms. But this one's especially beautiful. And if you look at this Psalm, you see one of the very first things that that David does, actually the first thing, is acknowledge that God is the source of all the good things in our life. David says, I say to the Lord, you are my God. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Nothing. In the book of James, as I shared with the the young people, every good and perfect gift, every one of them, every good and perfect gift, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, coming down from God. All of the good you and I have in our life, we can thank God for. It's just that simple. It's not just the spiritual blessings that we can thank God for, but the material blessings, the sociological blessings, the, the relational blessings, every, every good thing in our life is from God. I know in our culture, we like to think that we have a hand in all that and that God is sort of our co-pilot. I want to push you away from that. You don't want God as your co-pilot. You want God as your pilot. You want God to be there. And God is the giver of these gifts. And if we have talents and and abilities to to earn a living and have good things for ourselves, that's a gift from God as well. You see the difference? When you wake up and you thank God that you slept on a bed and you you had a pillow for your head and, and, and you had a blanket to keep you warm, 
You can thank God you, you slept under a roof, not out in the cold or the rain. You can thank God that you have an alarm clock that woke you up, <laughs> that you have electricity to, to light your home, Th- those little things we talk about. You can thank God that you have running water, a refrigerator to keep things cold, stove to cook your food. Thank Him for the toothbrush you have, maybe even the toothpaste that goes with it, right? Deodorant, your soap, your shampoo, your shower. Where would we be without indoor plumbing? You get the idea. God has lavished His love upon us. Lavished. And we in this country are, are especially blessed. Especially blessed. There are things we typically take for granted. Make no question about it, though. They make our lives better. And we need to be thankful for them. And that's just some of the things that God gives us. You know, how about the songs that we enjoy listening to? The blessings of of the handbells and the choir, the organ. We are blessed. Or the book you enjoy reading. Or the restaurant you enjoy eating at. And I haven't even gotten to the big stuff yet. You know, like your wife. Or your husband. Or your children. Or your friends. Your job. Your health. And on and on and on. Or the fact that we simply got up this morning. Doesn't have to be perfect in every way. But everything is a gift from God. Thousands of things that you and I enjoy every, every moment of every day. And they're all gifts from God. And if you try to put your mind around that, it, it just leaves you speechless. It really does. Our focus, our focus, especially as God's children, cannot be on what we don't have. It, it has to be on what we do have. It can't be on on being better off than the other person or somebody else has more than you do. It must be on the good that we do have in our lives that God has given us because every good thing in our life is a gift from God. David said it about as simply as you could say it right there in verse 2. You know, I have no good thing apart from you. He knew. He knew. So how do you keep a right focus, especially not not just for Thanksgiving, but especially for Thanksgiving, but for every day, really? You acknowledge God as the source of every good thing in your life. That's where it all starts. But there's a second part. David recognized the pleasant places in his life, and we are to do the same. Recognize those good things. Recognize those special moments that God has given you. Look at verse 5 and 6. The Lord is my chosen portion, he said. In my cup, you hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. It's interesting that David said this. Because if he wanted to, he could have complained a lot. He could have played the the victim over the situations of his life. And do we see a lot of that in our world today? Do we do a lot of that? ourselves not even knowing we're doing it he could have appeared on one of those talk shows and and lamented about how horribly he was treated as a child how tough his life had been you know i was a red-headed freckle-faced little kid the, the runt of my family none of my older brothers respected me 
when I was barely a teenager, my father had, had me take provisions out on a battlefield to give to my brothers. Talk about child endangerment, right? While I was there, I was forced to fight a vicious battle, a vicious giant, and even had to pick up my own stones off the battlefield. I shouldn't have had to fight that battle. The government let me down. They should have protected me. Somebody should. And then the king, the king tried to kill me. So I spent years on the run, and even my best friend Jonathan was taken away from me. Later, this woman, temptress, she seduced me and enticed me to commit murder. Well, didn't exactly happen that way. But if David was inclined to complain, that would be the very first thing he'd probably say. He'd place blame. That's what complainers do. David could have even ended his saga by saying, and eventually my own son, my very own son, rebelled against me, tore my family apart. Can you hear it? Oh, woe is me. Woe is me. Poor me. Poor victim David. All of those things happened in David's life. And many more. Many more. Many more terrible things. But David believed, David believed that God was sovereign over everything in his life. God was sovereign over all things. And so he says, in, in, he says, you, God, you hold my lot. You see that? You hold my lot. In other words, everything I am and everything that happens to me, everything I have, it's all under your sovereign care. The good, the bad, it's all in your hands, God. It's all in your hands. And there were many bad things. Many bad things. And that's true of us all. Everything isn't just peachy all the time. A lot of us walk through big valleys. Some of you walk through tremendous valleys. But there's a lot of other things that happen too. Good things. Pleasant things. And those were the things that David focused on. Those were the things that David focused on. Anyone's life can be a tale of tragedy or a tale of victory. It depends on which story you want to tell. It depends on what you want to focus on. Just like David, you, you and I have been assigned our portion, our, our cup, if you would. There are many things about our life that we didn't, we didn't get to choose. Our parents, where we were born, our family ties, our looks, our talent, our gender, our intellectual capacity. Those things are pretty much assigned. We don't have much to do with them. Oh, we can enhance them. We can grow them. But you have to have the seed first. It doesn't even touch those areas that have crashed into our lives uninvited, like sickness and disability, accidents. I don't know all the details of your life. But I do know this. There, there are areas in, in every one of our lives 
in which the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. And God is saying to us, recognize them. Recognize them. Thank God for them. If you want to have a thankful heart, then you need to acknowledge that every good gift is, is a gift that God has given us. If you want to have a thankful heart, you need to recognize those pleasant places, those special blessings in your life. And there's one other thing. You need to look ahead. You need to look ahead for better days. Better days. Verse 6, Indeed, David says, I have a beautiful inheritance. He's saying, what the future holds for me is, is even better than what I have right now. And one of the hardest things for us to do is, is to look at the situation we're in right now and look back and wish for those days. Because you know and I know those days will never come again. We have only the future to look to. Only. And we can, we can look there, as I said, in, in, in tragedy and in, in sorrow, we, in, in depression, or we can look there in victory and hope and optimism. <laughs> David always spoke of the future. Always spoke of the future. And, and when he spoke of it, he spoke of it with optimism and, and, and hope. You read some of the Psalms, like the 23rd Psalm, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Right? All the days of my life. Greater is our God in, verse four, in Psalm 48. Greater, God, is our, God is our God forever and ever, he said. He will be our guide to the very end. Or in Psalm 85, the Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. And in verse 11 in our text this morning, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I think in NIV it says eternal pleasures. Never ending God is saying through David that the best is yet to come. Pleasures forevermore. When you live with a thankful heart, it's, it's easy to believe this. That's sort of the natural way you go. When, you, when, you, when you're not living with a thankful heart, it, it's not easy to believe in a good future and a hope in tomorrow. When your mind says, I have so little and everyone else has so much, or everything around me is falling apart, it's difficult to be optimistic about the future at best. But when you recognize that God is directing your steps and when, that God is sovereign in everything in your life, that He has already blessed you so much, so much more than we deserve, then it's a whole lot easier to lay a grasp on better days that lie ahead. I've noticed this. People who don't look forward to the future don't, don't enjoy the present. Neither do they appreciate the past, really. Being thankful to God changes all of that. Being thankful to God enables you to recognize His presence in your life, past, present, and future. I heard a pastor tell a story one time about uh, he was with a group of, 
of men. They were having breakfast, and he announced that he was going to be preaching the Thanksgiving sermon uh, at the community Thanksgiving service that was coming up. And uh, one of the guys uh, looked at him, and he, this fellow had had a particularly difficult time uh, the past year. And he said, Pastor, you're really going to have to preach a good sermon to make my Thanksgiving go well. He says, I don't have anything to be thankful for. And there was another man sitting there. And he was, he was dying of cancer. This was going to be his last Thanksgiving. And he said to the group, you want to hear my Thanksgiving sermon? And then he said, thank you, God, for everything. For everything. That's the attitude that opens the door to God's blessing in our life forevermore, as David said. You know, none of us are going to be in this world forevermore. We're going to another world. And the blessings keep on coming. The blessings keep on coming. They don't end in a grave. They magnify in heaven. Sometimes we limit our hope to this world, to, to today, tomorrow, to what I have or I don't have, what I should have or hope to have. When we place limitations on God's sovereignty without just opening our hearts and with abandon giving Him praise and thanksgiving for all that we have and all that we, we are, we limit Him and we hurt ourselves. Every good thing in our life is a gift from Him. Every pleasant place in our life is a gift from Him. Every hope that we have for the future, now and beyond, is a gift from Him. Think about that. For God's children... Every day should be a Thanksgiving day. Not just once a year. Every day should be a time of saying, thank you, God, for everything. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do love you.